1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: <clears throat> You're listening to the
2: SansPants Pants Network.
3: Home of comedy,
2: <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and
0: ghosts.
4: Blow it out your ass. Hey everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Thumb Cramps, a video game review podcast for everyone whose thumbs are cramping. I'm your host, Joel, and I've left Jackson outside the studio today so I can make room for not one, but two special guests. So please give a warm welcome. That's right. I want you to applaud, even though you're listening to this podcast in public, for Andrew Levins and Ruby Innes.
3: If you're not clapping right now, I'll fucking kill
0: you.
4: (laughs) We're off to a red-hot start. (laughs) A reminder that this is a family-friendly podcast where we're going to be looking at Ghostwire Tokyo and no other games. (laughs) So, Ruby, before we started recording today, you said, if I accidentally slip up and say a word, maybe an F or a Jeff. Uh, can I make a noise? And you and can that, for, it for those that. listening at home, that's a fuck <laughs> or a junt. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Jeff is, right?
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, or is uh, no? I think Jeff is cock, cock. right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> a junt. <laughs> so, Why well, is what it's like with a G? J-J. So
4: actually, well, or a J.
2: Uh,
4: so this is actually deep, <laughs> deep programs <cock laughs> law uh, that was established by one of your co-hosts, Levens, when John was on the show. F actually stands for cock, cock. and Jeff stands for fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh Ruby, if you want to make a noise cuz I feel like I might have to use it a lot today. In fact, <laughs> if I can get two noises from you, uh, you know, cuz there's well, two I'll wo- do one. I'll okay, do one. Okay. Yeah. Really um, first.
3: Me first.
4: <laughs> you do
2: one for fuck.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you do one for co-
2: cock. Yep.
4: Okay. Wow. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> perfect. Cock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all um, right. Actually,
3: that's misogynistic because uh, kind cock is a word for vagina.
2: Well, I mean, cock is is, is actually traditionally a word for both. What? Yeah, man. Philly, <laughs> Philly street slang, cock actually, and and if you go back to like even like old Miami-based uh, songs, uh, cock was actually a word for both kinds of genitalia.
3: Wow. Is it kind of like a, a, a cloaca type situation?
2: <laughs> um, if you could replace my me saying the word cock
4: with uh, Ruby saying the word cloaca.
3: <laughs> or even just cloaca situation.
4: <laughs> Luckily, we're recording this on a Tuesday and it comes out on a Friday because I feel like the editing process may be slightly longer than usual for me. You could just cut this whole bit
2: out and we could talk about the game. Too, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: no intro. You're the
2: one. You're the one joyfully like driving this bus off the cliff.
4: (laughs) I joyfully drove this bus off the cliff the moment I reached out to both of you and locked the door so Jackson couldn't get in. (laughs) He's secretly the one keeping the bus on the road. He's
3: banging on the door. (laughs) Stop saying cusses,
4: (laughs) please. I'm trying to drive. So, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is a game that we've all played, and something that came out quite a while ago—about six months from now I think, or three oh, to six months gosh, ago. Really? I might be wrong on that. Look, we'll say three months. Three months feels safer. First,
2: first week of oh no, the end, the last week of March. We'll say as Kirby came out.
4: Yeah. Two best same games of the Kirby. year
2: came out. Tea. March twenty-six, I think.
4: Yeah, and it was a game that had been hyped for quite a while as like one of the big PS5 exclusives. It was also coming to PC at the same time. Uh, and everyone was really excited from the teaser trailer because it was very mysterious and spooky. And then when it came out, I don't think it was the type of game that people were expecting, so it kind of just... It, it's not like that went under the radar. It's people just had no interest in it. <laughs> yeah, but we're here to this, tell you that it actually rules.
3: Yeah, it was this weird thing of, like, it came out, and nobody really... It, it wasn't really a case of everybody was dunking on it. Like, yeah. it was horrid garbage but like instead everybody just went silent yeah oh. except for me i was going nuts <laughs> hey man I was actually, it, it took you
2: like a month to discover this game ruby
3: it did no, no no i knew about it i knew about it but uh when it came out as you know kirby came out and <laughs> um my my loyalties originally lie with uh my friend who is shaped like a friend kirby yeah so i had to start with that
2: uh I remember this game getting announced in 2019 at the Bethesda E3 conference that year. It was, like, the only thing from that conference. I, I, like, why did I watch the entire conference? I'll never <laughs> know. But it was the only thing from that conference that I was like, oh, that looks good. I'll, I'll probably play that. Um, and... I think the main reason everyone was like, oh, wow, this game looks sick is because um, the presenter was um, Ikumi Nakamura, um, a extremely energetic woman who used to work at, uh, what's the, is it called Tango Gameworks? Yeah. Who, who, were, who were owned by Bethesda. And she worked on the Evil Within games. And she was just like so fun and um I don't know, lovable compared to all the other hosts that came on stage during that con- conference. And then you know she cuts to this like crazy Tokyo uh, set game where you're fighting big tall men with umbrellas and stuff. And I was on board like straight away. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people that like loved Evil Within, and obviously that game is like that game is made by someone who originally worked on the Resident Evil games, right?
4: I believe so. I've played yeah. the start of the Evil Within and. Got stumped by one of the first puzzles and never went back to it. Even though it's exactly this type of game I would love, but I had to hide from a man under a bed and I couldn't figure out how to not get <laughs> killed. And uh, yeah, never went back to it.
2: So I think Ghostwire Tokyo's main like issue, I guess, for most people when it came out was that it wasn't a horror game. First and foremost, it was like more of a exploration, uh, you know, shooter which is not what anyone was expecting from this studio, I guess. Yeah.
3: I'd say it was even more, like, rather than a horror, more a thriller. And I think people just aren't really used to, like, thriller games because, like, with horror games, it's, like, this full-on, like, scary experience. Not all Mm. horror, of course. You've got psychological horrors. But, like, for me personally, it wasn't – scary it was unnerving seeing things slightly out of the ordinary and i think seeing all those
2: clothes on the ground man
3: (laughs) i looked at every single like clothing on the like like just the the, i think what got me the most was finding a pram oh no (laughs) yeah anytime i found prams and then like women's clothing next to it i got really upset
4: yeah the game has like a horrible, melon- horrible in a positive way, melancholy vibe throughout the whole time. There is like, yeah, there is moments where it does get like kind of horrory, like there is jump scares and stuff like this, but there's not many, um, mm. which I thought worked because in those parts of the game where I was like, oh, this is like actually full-on scary, and I wasn't expecting it at this point in the game. But
2: there's no moment where you're like, oh, I don't want to go in there because there's going to be a big scary thing in there. Like I kind of, you know, the the extent of, of the enemies you're going to be fighting pretty early yeah. on in the game and then just repeats them in different variations for the rest of it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: What
2: Together. I was not expecting from this game was for it to be uh, a being in Tokyo simulator. <laughs> um, God, it's And great. that's that's a place where I've wanted to be for since the pandemic started. Um was last there in 2019 and uh, was meant to return the next year with, with my whole family and we had to cancel, um, oh. as I'm sure many people did. And this is like one of the most beautiful walking simulators i've ever seen and it's set in a city that i know pretty well and so it was fun just to kind of uh f and jeff around in <laughs> f you. or jeff around um, whichever one means fu- <laughs> <or> fu- <laughs> <around>. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah like and just kind of Go oh I this you know this is near the Sky Mall and I bet if I go up here this will be oh there's you know there's that place I went oh now there's a spooky tall lady in it I, I'm gonna kill her <laughs> with my wind powers.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah, I remember when like the the uh, initial reviews came out. It was lots of podcasts I was listening to just complaining that this game was kind of like the story was not you know particularly engaging, but there was just so many things to do in this in in this big city it was very fetch questy and um that immediately just kind of like sought out the inner train fan in me uh where I was like, ooh, weird things to do and tick off in a beautiful city. That sounds good to me. <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah, it's weird that it's this very, very Extremely Japanese experience in that, yeah. It's set in Tokyo. All the ghosts in it are like based on like traditional Japanese yokai and like folk stories. Then they have like weird kind of more modern uh, Japanese ghost stories that feel akin to like a Junji Ito kind of short story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I've the you know the default language setting is Japanese, but then the game itself I feel like is their take on like an Ubisoft kind of game. Yeah,
4: it feels. It 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 does feel like kind of like they've just taken like the Far Cry design and like laid it over Tokyo. But I found this significantly less annoying than one of those games.
2: Like, yeah, yeah. I I allow myself to play one annoying open world game a year, and this was definitely that. (laughs) I played the hell out of this game and loved it. Yeah, and
3: like the the thing with the criticism of the story, which I see a lot, is like, I don't know. Me personally, I loved it. I thought it was. Yeah, really well thought out and like not too all over the place like there there are so many games i've played where like the story is everywhere and branches off into so many different places but then only resolves a few sub story lines but everything makes sense in a very simple way uh while also being engaging. That's how I found it, at least.
2: Yeah, I thought the, the story was serviceable for sure, but I guess like when there are out of the top ten reasons that I was playing this game, the story was not in that top ten. Um, but I, you know, I, I very rarely found myself like going skip, 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 skip through it. I liked the, the kind of weird little side quests, the stories that they told through like environmental storytelling in -hmm. the side quests a lot more. I thought the overall, I guess like, you know, the save your sister kind of stuff felt a bit rote, but I did love the buddy cop, um, story with uh kk the ghost who lives within within you
3: <laughs> Yeah, talks you through the controller oh man
2: <laughs> what a cool thing the best use of of the of the dual shock uh since the piece playstation 5 came out i think this is definitely my favorite um playstation 5 exclusive um until it i think that it's a timed exclusive until next march and then what i'm predicting will happen is this game will hit, hit game pass and all these people will discover it and be like oh, this game is super slept on
4: yeah because it's it it is one of those games that's, uh, for lack of a better word, very Japanese because yeah, like it has like the typical and like you do see it in like very popular games as well. Like Capcom games do it pretty frequently where Japanese video games in particular always seem to have like weird. It's like every single game I've played that's like like a Japanese game studio. I guess it feels like they're trying to reinvent something at the same time. It's never just like here's the basic game. We haven't changed anything. There's always like a weird control scheme. Or, like, something that's never been in another game before. Or, like, this other, like, some kind of crazy, weird idea. And that always makes them super exciting. Like, What was the crazy, weird idea in this for you? Well, I think it was more like, I think that the game itself is meant to just be almost like storytelling. Like, the fact that people are calling it basically, like, a walk up is probably accurate. Because, like, it definitely feels like the combat was just, like, put in the game for something to do. Not because they were like, hell yeah, this rules!
2: yeah no I, I would totally agree with you i think like for me what i loved about this game was the exploration um and you know it reminded me of like donkey kong 64 in a way where you just have this <laughs> endless list of collectibles and at first like when i realized how many like there's you have to collect two hundred and sixty thousand spirits yep. that are like kind of like floating in batches of 100 or so around tokyo and um at first, I was like, "I'm never doing that," and sure enough, I just did it because I just I loved exploring this city. the The methods of traversal get better and better as you unlock um, new abilities l- later on in the game, and um, it just is such a joy. Just to kind of like you get this like you get this un- unbelievably great. It's not a grapple hook, like you know, which is my favorite upgrade that you can get in a game next to a jetpack. Um, <laughs> but you get um, the ability to. Uh, Project a tengu, which is like a flying, spooky bird, um, (laughs) and and uh, the the tengu you you can project him into the air, and then you grapple into the tengu, up to the tengu, wherever the tengu is. Um, It only works for like on top of buildings, but then you can also glide, and you can um, power up your glide so you can glide for longer periods of time, and like just seeing. All these big groups of spirits on top of all these rooftops. You can use, like, there's like a, you know, um, Arkham, Arkham Knight, what was, what's the first, Arkham Asylum uh, Detective Mode, where you can, it's, always, it's what's it called like Spirit Mode or something like that. Yeah. And you can sense everything around you. And so you could just see like the, the outlines of all these big groups of like, the spirits are represented as like these big blue clusters of bodies and I would just see a bunch of them on rooftops, and I'd be like, "Cool, I'm going to spend the next ten minutes flying around getting all the spirits." <laughs> and you end up getting an ability later on, like these beads that you can equip, that um, it will point you in the direction of the nearest cluster of spirits. And that was when I wish I, I wish I like used that power up earlier in the game because that was like the, the most fun I had in the game was not. Not relying on a guide at all, just, like, this weird- Basically, when you dropped into spirit mode, it would, like, kind of send this, like, buzz of energy in a direction, and uh, I would follow it to go find my spirits. Hell yeah.
4: Um- I did
3: that to find dogs. <laughs> <laughs> something I- something I, I strive towards throughout the whole game. It's like, I had to find every dog and feed- every single one of them. Not to get yeah. the coins, just the satisfaction of helping yeah, a little guy.
2: I feel like so many games now are very, very tokenistic in their approach. Like, oh, you have to pet the dog because there is literally a website which is called Can You Pet the Dog? And every website aspires to just get a small mention there. But Ghostwire Tokyo goes above and beyond. You, can, you have two options when you go up to a dog. You can pet it or you can feed it. And if you feed it, it will um, take you on a little little trip where he will fu- like dig up some buried coins for you or something else. Or find one, a one time one time he took me to um a, a dog took me to like a, a spot where he'd buried something and he dug it up and it was just dog food. Like, <laughs> <I> mean, <my laughs> man, like- <laughs> he's like more <laughs>
4: I'm yes, still King. hungry. <laughs> That's Rocks. so funny. Um, but yeah, I think like the dogs is probably a good example of like there's just so much stuff going on in this game. Yeah, like Levin said right at the start of the episode, like there's a lot of stuff in this where it's like small stories or just like environmental storytelling where it feels very like the the entire game kind of feels like a se- like an anime series. Um, the main plot is very anime, and then all of the mm-hmm. side stories you get are like these like weird, sad. Ghost stories, basically. They were
2: there. They were the ones that reminded me of like Junji Ito short stories. Yeah. It's like, oh, like my my friend is cursed to to haunt this office building because um his boss made him commit suicide in there. Yeah. And so you have to go and like free all these spirits. There's one amazing side quest. Where you have to like go to the, to the, like on the subway and like wait for a train to show up like in the middle of the night. And then it takes you to a station that doesn't exist and you have to fight a bunch of monsters. That was like one of the coolest side quests in the game. Um, oh, I don't think I did that one. That's I man. The side no, quest is the great. best thing about the game for me. I did um, every
3: single one. It was awesome. I really liked the one of the, um, You go to this uh, piano school.
4: Yeah, that was the one I was going to bring up.
3: Yeah, the piano made me really sad. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of this game made me really sad, but, like, in a cool way. Like, finding a dog, like, who had a collar and a lead, and it was just, like, waiting at this grave uh, for someone to, you know, come and feed it. And was very clear (laughs) that the owner was coming to the grave to visit it. And then disappeared with uh the dog staying there. That broke my heart. Um, I love this game. Uh, but like the the piano school one was really cool. Um, I liked all of the the yokai side quests that mm-hmm. kind of like introduce you to the yokai. Like that door one, the door <laughs> yeah. monster is the most ugly, beautiful mother trucker <laughs> I have ever seen in my entire life. That's my friend.
4: <laughs> it's just like so squishy looking and there's been points in the game where i was like where do i go like what what's going on and then i would just notice that little like water marking on the wall and be like oh my god it's the guy the guy's in the way
3: it's that fella it's the That's guy him. him and the the uh the i think they were called oni and they were it was just like the leafy circular yep. guy with legs um, the loved umbrella dudes. Him. The umbrella dudes were great. Yeah. Um The the ladies with the long necks. Yep. That are like, come hither. Loved them. Work <laughs> the bitch. Honestly. Um,
2: the warashi's. The um. The big. I uh, know oh, what's the no the 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 big flying uh, sheet Itten ghost in moment. Yeah, yeah. He was sick yeah. too. Yeah. There's some there's some great great little side quests about all those monsters. I've been reading a bunch of um old yokai books the Kataro se- series um, the, which is like a manga from the 60s and uh, it was such a good thing to rereading alongside playing this game
4: I guess like we all very clearly liked this game but I guess like there's a lot of people and it came up because I've, I've reviewed this game on cramps before and when I spoke about it everyone was like yeah that's fine but I watched this YouTuber who said it sucked and then I watched that YouTube video and they were probably the most annoying person I've ever seen talk ever <laughs> um and they were complaining about, like, the dumbest stuff that was like, look, here at Thumb Cramps, occasionally we will probably prematurely review a game. But this mother trucker was like, the rain isn't even designed properly.
3: Oh, my God. Okay, that got me because the <laughs> amount of people that I've heard that are like, uh, rain- the rain goes up. I'm like... Things are messed up in this world. <laughs> yeah, that's, the yeah whenever up.
2: there's a, whenever there's a monster near you, everything acts in a different way. Like bin lids like flap open and, and shut, like they're talking, and like eyes will appear in, in in alleys and stuff like that. And yeah, the rain will go up instead of down. But do you know that the rain actually? It's not they're not raindrops. People I've seen a lot of people complaining about the raindrops in this, and it's because the actual model isn't a raindrop. It's a it's a um, it's a character, a Japanese character, like full a, rain. A um,
4: yeah, it's ca- it's kanji for rain. Kanji. Kanji that's right yeah 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 because yeah like the first time i played the game i was like oh that's cool that's the japanese character i bet that's probably for rain also people complain about the english voice acting is stupid the game's in japanese turn of the english, english voice acting Ugh. off Shocking scum stuff. you should have turned Are it you on
3: serious <laughs> i like the game started in japanese and i literally went that's how it's supposed to be yeah. then yeah
4: it's yeah crazy um but you're yeah, already but-
3: looking at the screen the whole time i totally understand look i don't condone it but i totally understand putting on a dub for like a non-english tv show i get yeah. it because you might have those moments of like looking away from the screen or yeah. you know being on your phone whatever it's a game you're already looking <laughs> at the screen the whole time
4: yeah it's it was just like crazy criticisms and I guess like now is probably a good time to be talking about it because the game has flown so much like under the radar that it's pretty easy to find for half price now yeah I thought it's like 30 bucks like in in stores at the moment like physical copies so it's now is a great time to take a risk on it but I guess like um, I think I hinted at this towards the start of the episode but I think we all liked different things we also finished we've all finished the game but all to very different degrees of uh, success I guess because I rolled credits on the story Got about, like, 35% of the trophies. Um, didn't do all of the side quests, but did a big chunk of them. Didn't collect all of the spirits. But it was like, I've spent, like, a long time in this. I didn't uninstall it for my PS5. It's still there if I want to go back, and I probably will. Had a good time. Ruby, you finished it more than I did.
3: I got about, I think, 57 59% of the trophies. Um I, I was like
2: taunting Ruby with like, "Hey, you know you can do this. If you, you yeah. know, you get this if you if you get all these things."
3: The second that Levens was like, "Hey, you know if you collect all of the Tanuki, you get a Tanuki suit," and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And so I had to get all the Tanuki. And that was a bit of a pain, but I did it and then I wore the tanuki suit the entire time and it mm-hmm. shows up in the cutscenes, which makes it very like not as emotional as it probably <laughs> should be. Cause like something very sad is happening and then the camera just cuts to you and you're a mascot and it it it's amazing. But I got all the tanuki, I got all the shrines, um, I got all of KK's investigation notes. Uh, the only thing that I didn't hundred percent I think were the um all, g- gathering all the yokai and uh gathering all the spirits. Yeah. But I must have missed out on some other stuff too because I only just passed.
4: <laughs> and uh Levin, so Ruby and I like rolled credits. Ruby in particular it sounds like did like quite a lot. Um how how'd you go? Um I
2: uh, I platinum this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of i I played like an hour of this game, and'm I'm like, I'm like, I think I'm going to platinum this. like I knew pretty quickly that this was a very like very extremely me game. yeah, um f- there are a few games that I would put in this category um, one piece world seeker, an open world one piece game that is universally disliked. Um I loved that game. I platinumed the shit
4: out of that um, I. I for I, to paint a visual picture. I already knew that you loved that game. Ruby pretty much her head went into her body and she recoiled so much hearing that statement. And now he's just very baffled.
3: I'm just like that is a game.
4: Yeah, I I, I it
2: it came out as I was finishing reading all 1, 000, 900 at that point chapters okay. of the manga. So I w- it was very very deep in my love okay. for One Piece at the time and it just like it's a good game. It got really, really shat on, just like Ghostwire Tokyo <laughs> did, but even harder, if you could believe that. Um, Damn. But yeah, I, I like that. That again is another like it's it's a it's a Japanese Ubisoft game. In that it's like yeah, you're you're playing as Luffy, but there's like a bunch of weird symbols on a map, and you've got to go visit them, and you've got to collect a bunch of stuff, and there's all these weird you know funny trophies that you have to go and do. I'm just
4: describing every every video game except
2: <laughs>
3: the you game I'm talking about it. is one.
4: Yeah, yeah. You have to play it. There's some guys in it. Um. You
3: run oh, sometimes. You yeah,
4: sometimes you move mostly. Uh, yeah, jump. you might go
3: bur. You yeah, know, you might go bur. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: but
2: yeah, I went bur enough to to platinum that game too. But the, this one like I found like the 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 biggest like c- craziest trophy in this game is collecting all the spirits. But that was. Genuinely, the thing I liked most about the game was just, like, flying above the rooftops of Tokyo and all, all the little nooks and crannies of this beautifully made map. Um, I think it's, like, my favorite environment in a video game ever. Um, yeah. The, the lighting is incredible. I love, like, whenever you go past, like, a um, a screen in this world and, like... The, the neon reflections of whatever's on that screen reflecting on, like, the the buildings and the raindrops and, and all that. And then, yeah, like, you know, cool monsters. The combat, like, you know, it's nothing to write home about, but it is fun, um, especially once you've upgraded all your stuff and you yeah. just, like, l- you know, let loose with a bunch of crazy weapons. I do like the kind of, like, feedback that the, um, the, the controller gives you when you're, like, pulling back um, on... On the the enemy's souls as you yeah, try and capture, you're them. grabbing their cores and stuff yeah, yeah. like that, and closing to, the. I love case. to grab a core.
3: Love <laughs> grabbing a core. <laughs> Looks good. The thing like that was one thing that really got me because uh, I played uh, before I played Ghostwire Tokyo. I played Kena: Bridge of Spirits, and I've got that. Uh, I haven't opened it yet. It's fantastic. I okay. I loved it. I thought it was the thing that was another one that got real mid reviews. Um, Didn't it which win I, Game of the Year somewhere?
2: Indie game of the year at the game. Indie game of the year. year. Yeah. So it was Ember Lab. uh, It was their
3: first game. (laughs) And like, it's just what got me is like people were dunking on it. It's like, it's their first game and they did a great job. (laughs) And it was so I I played Astro's Playroom first, got all the experience of the the PS5 DualSense controller, and then I played Keener. And I was like, whoa, I can feel it when you use the arrow. This is crazy. <laughs> I, I thought that was super
4: cool. I am the game.
3: Also, I'm- like, I know we're not talking about of Bridges Spirits this episode, oh, but, please, but really quick. You. Uh with the the haptic feedback of the controller, um, if you're around uh, an area where rot might be, and rot are these little dies that you collect through your adventure to like help you, mm-hmm. um, they're very cute. I was in the photo mode for such a long time in that game, just taking pictures of them because I kept rubies or rot. rot. Hats. I'm a, rock a rot, rot. rot. It's true. I'm a rot thought. Many people are saying this. Thoughty for Rotties. I'm a little thought for a little rot, uh, but. They're, they're so cute. I love them. Um, but if you're nearby them, uh, you can feel their heartbeat in the controller. Whoa. And then the closer you get, cute. the stronger the heartbeat gets. And it like, that's awesome. And then that's coming into Ghostwire Tokyo. They did even more with it because you've got. You know the adaptive triggers for for all the the fighting, and then yeah. the cleansing of the Tory gates, and the grabbing of the cores. But then also, KK talks to you through it. But then, if you're nearby any demon guys, uh, it it makes a horrible, horrible noise to tell you, "Hey, watch out!" Which I thought <laughs> was really cool. Yeah. It's- also, you can feel your steps, especially when you're running like that. So immersive. It's awesome. Yeah.
2: Astros player, I'm still the best user that have to of the haptic controller feedback well, stuff, yeah. but I, I definitely will give Keener a shot. It's it's I've I've got it in my library. I bought it when it was like fifty percent off, and I was like, one day, yeah, maybe I, tomorrow I, will be that day.
4: <laughs> I wishlisted it and then didn't buy it, even though I was like, this looks like the type of game that people aren't talking about enough, and I bet I will love one day. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend. Sick. Well, I mean, I'll probably pull the trigger now too. Thanks, Ruby. You've sold You're two welcome.
2: Do you guys think you'll go back to um, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo and, and try and get those last few trophies or, or whatever?
4: I think I will go back, not necessarily trophy hunting, but to like knock out those side missions that I left behind because I feel like that I'm going to, especially with the other PS5 games I've played, I think I'm going to miss the vibe of Ghostwire Tokyo and I'm yeah. going to be craving to go back into that world because at the moment- um, me and one of my housemates have just gone Resident Evil psycho. <laughs> we finished Resident Evil 2 in two days and uh, got halfway through three in another sitting. Um, so like horror and like spooky stories and stuff like that. Very up my alley at the moment. So Ghostwire Tokyo, I'll probably circle back. And yeah, I want I wanted to ride this crazy train.
2: Yeah, man, you got to get on that train. Yeah. Uh, put Quad City DJs on, ride the train.
4: <laughs> I, um,
2: I didn't find the game scary at all, but I think it was because of the way I was playing. Like I wouldn't leave an area until I'd like collected all the shit that you yeah. can collect in it and just like focusing. I just wouldn't advance the story until every other icon on the map was – Was completed. Yeah, and so there was a big. I think most of like you know the game definitely pushes you to do the story first and foremost. You don't really get penalized if you're not you know
4: leveled up enough. I found all the boss battles so ridiculously simple. Um, Yeah, I think it was only the final boss I died on, out of all the bosses, and I think I only died once and then killed it the second time.
2: Yeah, like that. I thought the bosses really reminded me of like PlayStation Three era bosses like actually again another comparison to like arkham asylum you know at the end of that game how hey, you just fight like a really big joker yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what it felt like
3: <laughs> what if uh, the joker was a huge guy oh that's that game is so novel. good like
2: for me it's easily the best of the arkham series but
4: yeah the ending the final boss is so stupid <laughs> and it comes isn't the final boss immediately after it's like hey you gotta fight these guys but watch out because the floor's electric and if you fight these guys for too long what you'll get shocked you gotta stand awesome. to the side while the guys come to you and then when the floor's not electric anymore, you gotta go fight those guys. We're just describing all video games again.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you really are. You,
0: you got go buh. buh. <laughs> you walk,
3: you go ba. You know. Well the the, the thing with, with um oh have I lost my train of thought.
2: Ghostwire Tokyo. That's the name of the game we're talking about. Video game does that help? I don't know if it is <laughs> actually.
3: Um Keen of Bridge right. of Spirits. With the scary with the scaryness oh, yep. Is like it's it's kind of just harkens back to like like the Junji Ito yeah. kind of influence of like Junji Ito stuff, at least from from my eyes. Like I've got uh I got like Tommy I got Uzumaki, I got Smashed, I got a whole bunch of them in there. Yeah. Um I was just pointing to my room just it, now. Like,
2: I was like, is she pointing to the boot of her car? <laughs>
3: yeah, this baby can hold so many Junji Ito manga. Um no, but uh, I I got, I got a lot. And what I found is, like, they don't scare me. They just make me uncomfortable.
4: Yeah. Oh, and I'm that's a what a lot sicko. of this game is. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, oh, no, no. Make that guy m- stuff, yeah. more of a spiral. Show me his guts, but spiraled as hell. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> but uh, that's what I feel like the aim is, is to, like, move you in a bad way, but in a good way, you know? Yeah. Mm. Well, and, and I feel like it does that really well.
4: I exclusively played this game between the hours of, I think, like 10.30 p.m. and about 2.30 a.m.
2: Yeah,
3: um, you can't I play at 3
4: a.m. I, only play, I
2: play it well. The kids are at school. So 10.30 a.m. <laughs> till 2.30 p.m.
4: Yeah, a lot of the time it was, like, because I mostly played this when I was starting work slightly later than the rest of my household. So everyone would go to bed and I'd be like, well, I'm not going to go to bed for, like, two more hours. So go to Tokyo time, baby. And then I would get sucked in and play it way too long and then wake up and be like, man, I'm really tired from staying up playing Ghostwire Tokyo too late. Better not do that again and do exactly the same thing again that night. It was good stuff. We
2: we haven't even talked about the cats because the cats, I mean, like the dogs are cool. I think I'm I'm a dog guy. First and foremost. First and foremost, true gamer. (laughs) Next dog guy. And then uh, this game surprised me. I I think I'm a I'm a cat man when it comes to Ghostwire Tokyo. The cats like rule the city. They're the ones that you have to like give all your money to, uh, because they like they either they're the ones running the convenience stores, just like these like floating cats um, (laughs) with two tails. or they are running, like, stalls that you have to go basically go and find artifacts for them, and they, they pay you big bucks if you go get yeah. them. Big bucks, and then they reward you with uh, costumes and, and songs. Do you know you can, you can actually, because this is, like, mostly environmental music for the entire way through, yeah. of, like, as you explore through the game, you can go in the menu and just listen to songs. And then so you can actually soundtrack your, your adventures through this with, like, weird Japanese trap songs.
4: <laughs> I, I didn't know that there was just like yeah I didn't know there was weird Japanese trap songs but I did realize that you could just go back and play songs through the menu but yeah, it was it's like all- a drum and bass song
2: you can put on <laughs> just like completely changes the vibe um, and also I can't believe you you, I can't believe you guys just both revealed yourselves to be two people that did not get the DJ KK trophy <laughs> yeah um, that's The notification was like six point six of players have gotten this trophy. I was like, hell yeah, we have (laughs) brothers. (laughs) So
4: is that buying every single song, getting every song in the game? Yeah, that's that's hectic. (laughs) All (laughs) there's so many trophies in it. I got one of the more bullshit trophies accidentally. Uh, There's one uh, where you have to look at the moon for thirty seconds. Yep, (laughs) and I only did that because I think I literally put down the controller and. In what was ended up being a pro gamer move, but would have looked like an amateur gamer move. I think I went to go pause it, missed the pause button, but put the controller down and was just looking at the moon when I did it. Went to go grab like a glass of water or something, and then came back and then just heard like because there's like a howling noise when it happens, and then you get the yeah, achievement, that's right. And yeah. I was like, what just happened? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that the name of that trophy is called like Lonely Akito. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: so um, good. Yeah, the, the, so the hardest the- trophy. Oh,
2: you go, Ruby. We, we can all really talk about the quick, hardest trophy later.
3: I just liked that the cats were so bitchy. Like, if they weren't selling oh, you yeah. stuff or asking you to do things, you'd see them on the street, and they're like, "Things are better like this, actually." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this rocks.
2: And I love that the the cats that you buy stuff off, like you you could hear them like singing, like meowing along to the music playing in their convenience store and stuff.
4: Yeah, cats were sick. Um, That's- oh, they killed it. Also, the cats that are in the open world environment look heaps like the cat that lives in my house. So it was sick to hang out with a cat while looking at a cat that looked like the cat was sitting next to me. That was also two thumbs up for that. Excellent. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah,
2: the, the hardest trophy besides the collect every single spirit because I wasn't joking. I wasn't. I wasn't like exaggerating. There are two hundred and sixty thousand spirits to collect. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but there was another one where you have to um get a headshot. You have to kill an enemy with a headshot from 50 metres away. Which is um, not yeah, something so I,
4: that would usually happen in the game.
2: That was the only one that I had to do with... Yeah, because you you have a bow and arrow, but yeah. <laughs> if I use it at all. like I used it
3: heaps. I yeah, was right. a stealth guy.
2: But they, you run out of arrows so quick.
3: Yeah, then you level it up. I, I got up to the, the 20 arrows so quickly because I was just like, I, I like the arrows because I can just go on a rooftop. And just snipe.
2: Yeah. What was your least favourite enemy in the game?
3: Uh, I hated
4: uh,
2: the...
3: The money man. Oh, I like the money man. <laughs> no, I hate You've, the big fat money man.
2: You bust him open and then coins fall out of him like a Mario bus. Very <laughs> Yeah, but
4: I, I,
3: I didn't care for coins when I could get that sweet coin from the little funny cats. So when it came <laughs> to the money man, I was like, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm just... Uh, you're you're just following me around in the worst way, and he looks angry, and I don't like that.
4: Um, there was like a I think it's like a. I remember where I fought the enemy, but I'm scared I'm misremembering what they looked like. But it's like one of the it, it's a common enemy, but it starts popping up right near the end of the game. Um, and they're really strong, and I didn't like them not because of their design, but because multiple times I was like, please, please, just die. I need to move on, and I'm trying to fight three of you at the same time. The big, like, big, angry, tall woman? Yes! Big, angry, yeah, yeah. tall woman! She, uh, she came
2: straight out of Resident Evil Village to, yeah, to, to come uh, yeah. and attack you in this game, too.
4: Well, that's why, I, that's why I was a little nervous to point out that it was Big, Angry, Scary Woman, because, yeah, if I was wrong about that, it would seem like it was just something that was on my mind, which would have been true, but, yeah.
3: I think she's Bay. I think she's queen.
4: <laughs> oh, she slays <laughs> think- for sure.
3: All women are queens. <laughs> and that's my opinion. Yeah, Especially that's- the demonic, monstrous, horrid women
0: queen. Yep.
4: <laughs> um what about you Levin? Did you have a least um, favorite villain?
2: So, so um I'm not sexist, and I chose uh <laughs> Shine Dancer is their name. Um and what they are they're like a like a I guess like a kid in a ghost costume that like floats around. <gasps> they're on oh, the rooftops yes. and they kind of do this like creepy laugh at you. Um, and they actually take like so many hits to to take mm. down. Um, and they can take you out pretty quickly because they fire like these big beams at you. Hate them! <laughs> oh,
3: but, uh, those little shits as well. The the little kids in, uh, in the, the, the yellow raincoats.
4: Yeah, where if they see oh. you, then they're just like, "Hey, the boys oh. are rolled in now." So, all good you ha- it,
3: like, all you can do is stealth kill them because yep. if you don't, they're like, "Um, they summon- I'm sorry, the boys are in my yard now."
2: Yeah, Yep. they summon. Uh, a bunch of men in suits to come and attack you.
4: Yeah,
3: I I, I like to think that they're all their papa.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they they have many
3: gay dads. Yeah. Get him,
4: dads. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like I, t- I guess to wrap up the uh, Ghostwire Tokyo talk, what was everyone's favorite part of the game? Like overall best bit, part where you were playing the game and you were like, "That's this is unreal. I'm having a blast."
2: Uh, For me, it was just exploration in the game. Like Getting around this map is so fun. I don't really love uh, first-person games for the most part, but I just was addicted to this, and I think it wouldn't work as a third-person game for me because you would see less of the surroundings. It wouldn't, it wouldn't feel as beautiful. It wouldn't feel like you're experiencing them y- yourself. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, Get just mo- getting around this awesome town and finding all the weird secrets within it, whether they be, you know, side quests and weird characters or, like, you know, just fun little collectibles that you get rewarded for once you get them all. Um, like, there are way too many things to collect in this, but you are rewarded for pretty much everything that you find in it. Um, so it's worth doing. Uh, Ruby, what about you?
3: Um, I agree with that. Like, you're constantly rewarded for everything you do, which is a very <laughs> cool thing in the game. Because sometimes, like, it feels like you do a lot in games and you get very little for it. Um, But that's not the case with this one. I'd say my favorite part, it's, I liked so much of it. Yeah. In fact, I loved so much of it. But something that I really enjoyed was, I think, kind of connected to-, to Levin's point in a way, but more so, like, stopping and looking at things happening on their own. Like, I, I went into the photo mode so many times just to capture, like, uh, a demon lady looking up at spirits, uh, like, on a-, a veranda. Yeah. Like, it was. it was just- Creepy but serene, like they're 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 looking down at graves. The the schoolgirls are like uh swinging their legs, sitting on top of a bus and and chatting away while yeah. the other two are like dancing around. There was even one moment where like that was happening with some schoolgirls, and there was also like a, a a lady demon just kind of watching over them. So like that's their mother. Like it there yeah. was just a lot of like. Really beautiful, serene moments with with demons, with the dogs and the cats. Like, just watching them uh, was really nice. And then just getting thrown into, like, a a moment of combat after that was just, like, a reminder that, like, oh, they they act normally and they're living their everyday demon lives, (laughs) but they are also monsters. Yeah, who hates you? Who and they hate you, so they will destroy you. Um, I just I like so much about that game. Yeah, I like that
2: the dogs hate the tanukis too. (laughs) If you ever wanted to find a tanuki, you you like yeah you you talk to the dogs and the dogs are like that vending machine over there is weird. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. it's it's because the tanuki
4: is disguised as a vending machine. Um, My like I loved the story of this game, but I think like the moment I guess this isn't my favorite part, but it's like the moment where I was like, oh hell yeah, this game rules. Is like literally straight off the bat. So I will talk through like the first chapter basically. So the game opens, your character uh, has an accident on a motorcycle where they're. Love, immersed. we're only
2: now telling people what this game is about.
4: <laughs> no, 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 because this is my favorite part. Whatever. People can read the Wikipedia synopsis if they want to know the story. But the game opens with a motorcycle accident where your character is basically killed. You then get a ghost inside of you and then you adventure with the ghost until the end of the first chapter where you are then fully killed and then come back from the dead again and i was like oh hell yeah this is going to be some like sick bullshit but in the best possible way it's just like so much just like fun but kind of bleak's wrong like melancholy stuff just happening nonstop. but it also manages to balance that with fun so it's not just like dread filled and sad there's heaps of quirky stuff obviously too and yeah the story ends in like a Interesting way that I didn't quite see coming, but um, yeah, it was good, good stuff, great game, great, great game. PS2. Don't it's sleep good. on it
2: this year, everybody. It's real cheap, um, and it's a good time if you if you like big, cool, beautiful open worlds, you know, wh- wh- it, it, where it feels very fetch questy, but like you know, it's still nice to be in this world. I would highly recommend this one.
4: Hell yeah. All right, so obviously, across <laughs> the board, five thumbs, I'm assuming. Yeah, 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 hell yeah. Well, five thumbs for me too, and. Now, let's just hear a quick word from our sponsors.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together.
0: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
4: Thank you, sponsors. Now, you've both been guests on Thumbcrans before, so this is obviously the point where we'd read out the emails.
2: What is that email address if anyone wants to email the show? Well, if
4: someone wants to email us, they can hit us up at thumbcrampspod at gmail.com or they can tweet us at thumbcrampspod.
3: And don't forget, if you are emailing them, uh, you must refer to them. You must say, hello, boys, you are my boyfriends, (laughs) and then continue on with uh, your question
2: it would be so good if um, you know, douche you spend all this time trying to convince us not to swear, but then the email address for the show is like flower <laughs> 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 the thumbcramps <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. I want to <laughs> find <laughs> the thumbcrampboys at gmail.com. That's the new show email
4: address.
3: The thumbcramps boys are my c- cocky boyfriends at Hotmail.
4: <laughs> well, that's accurate, I guess. <laughs> um, I've got an email. Yep, you got an email? Um
2: Dear Ruby and Dusha, what games have you been playing since you finished Ghostwire Tokyo? Sincerely, Andrew Levens. <laughs> wow, great email!
4: Thanks for that email. Uh, I have powered the- PS.
2: I've been playing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I finished that PS. I reckon.
2: Uh, I've been playing uh, Neon White today on my Switch. Oh hell and yeah! I'm about. I think well past halfway finished the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, new game. Uh, with my kids, I've been playing that with a uh, eight year old and a five year old, and it rocks hard. Let's say, uh, like two very very good games. Um, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the better game because everything about it is good. Neon white, <laughs> incredible <laughs> gameplay, incredible idea for the way you move around and do all the crate. That's like a first play person uh, shooter where you like use cards so a card could represent a gun that you can shoot or you can throw the card away and that makes you jump instead so you have like these like short little first person puzzle arenas where you've got to make your way through them as quickly as possible using the cards that you find in the level very cool very fun but the worst writing i've encountered in a game in so long <laughs> um horrible horrible cutscenes, <laughs> disgusting dialogue i hate it i just like i just skip so hard like, they should have they should have two options for skipping the dialogue in this
4: game there should be skip or f- <laughs> skip <laughs> <laughs> i i'm really excited for neon white um i played the when it was a steam next <coughs> Fest demo um I went hard on it to the point where I installed a bunch of next Steam Next Fest demos and didn't play any of them because I got sucked into Neon White so bad. Uh nice. so yeah, to give everyone I guess like a taste of what the dialogue's like. It gets a bit dating sim-y, but also is you're in uh, Hell, right? Uh yeah,
2: you're in you're you're in Hill. Yeah. Um uh here, here, here we go. Here is something that Neon Violet, a girl says to you the main character who is a boy. Um, you're so lucky you don't have big boobs, Neon White. They get it the worst.
3: So, like, so true. <laughs> She's right, though.
2: That is something you say to, to me every time I see women
3: are <laughs> yeah. queens. And they are always right. And everything they say is valid and beautiful.
4: Um, I can't wait. That has actually sold me on it more, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> because I'm an ally, I'm going to enjoy it hugely. I have been playing, like I said before... PPS, can Ruby
2: tell me what she's been playing
4: first?
3: (laughs) This email's Because women
2: are queens. Oh my god,
3: thank you, King. (laughs) Women should be talking. That's what I've always been saying. Women should talk, and talk I will. Um, (laughs) Sorry to interrupt you, uh, Mr. Dusha, but I have to say my piece now as a woman. Um, I uh, have been blasting through Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart because after I finished Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, I had no idea what to play next. So I started Genshin Impact and then I thought, this is a bad idea. <laughs> it looks fantastic on the PlayStation 5. It looks so good, but I didn't want to get suckered into anything and I wanted to play a game that I know I could eventually finish. Yeah. Because uh, that, that that's the toll... Of of working in games journalism, it's like playing something ongoing gets really difficult. So like playing a game I know I can finish uh, is preferable to me. And so I picked up Ratchet and Clank because you know got nominated for a bunch of awards. It really looked fantastic. I'd never played a Ratchet and Clank game before. That game is so good. Like it's super fun. Like, I platinum that one level. too. I, I, I <laughs> real game alert. I'm trying to like, like it's another game of like, oh, I'm actually gonna try and get as much as I can. It's so good. It's just the the seamless transition between like gameplay and cutscene, and everything still looks good. And it's just all the characters are lovable and funny and silly, and and it's just so much fun. That the the, the dual sense controls on that are insane because every yeah. gun is different. It's just, it's so good, so
2: the, good. The loop of um getting a new gun and then use like, forcing yourself to use it as much as possible because you level it up the more yeah. enemies you kill with it, that's, like, one of my favourite loops in, in video games. It's always my yeah. favourite thing of, about the Ratchet & Clank games.
3: It rocks. So I've been playing that. Uh, I'm close to the end, kind of, probably not. Um, <laughs> but today... Uh the the good folks over at Power Up gave me a preview code for uh Cult of the Lamb, which oh, doesn't sick. have an embargo, so I can't talk about it. Um <laughs> and uh so I'm playing that. It it rocks. I, I feel like I, I, I every time I talk about a game, I'm like, it's really good, but that's because I only play games that I like.
4: Yeah, uh, smart.
3: So uh, I'm always satisfied, and <laughs> Culls of the Lamb is absolutely sick. It's made by a massive monster, and it's it's so much fun. I,
2: I loved their last game where you it was like you played like a you were like had a giraffe in your backpack. Yeah,
3: hell, yeah. yeah. What
2: was that game called again? Oh
3: uh, it's you keep it's,
2: talking about Calls of the Lamb. I'll figure it out.
3: But yeah, Calls of the Lamb, heaps of fun, dungeon crawler slash uh management sim. Like it's just the the visuals are so cute. But also so creepy, and it's heaps, heaps. It's heaps good. It feels like uh, there's a lot to do, but it doesn't feel overwhelming. Yeah, um, the Adventure Pals. The Adventure Pals. Great game.
0: Yeah.
3: Love it. Yeah, they're they're they got good stuff. And Cult of the Lamb's one that I've been waiting for for a very long time, and been like, you know, keeping one eye open and and watching. <laughs> Uh for, for a release date and then I got a release date, neck minute it's got a demo, neck minute I got a preview. I am loving it. My cult is called Best Friends, um, which is normal and good. Yeah, that's and good for a cult. So far. Uh so that when you get someone in your cult, uh you can change their design and their colour and their name. Um so I uh, Sonic is in my cult Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> is a part of my cult He's a big fan I have a cow that I called Moo Earns. Oh yeah, um, good There's a bunny that I called Roger Because it kind of looked like Roger Rabbit um, And I've also got Elmo Because he's kind of like fuzzy looking And he got sick the other day Because someone threw up next to the cooking <laughs> station um, But it's okay I sent him to bed and he's fine now
4: Hell yeah! Rest up,
2: Elmo. This game doesn't it, come you. out until August 11, which is my yeah. daughter daughter's sixth birthday. I know what she's getting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it's fine for a six year old. Maybe not.
2: Um, <laughs> Devolver tough, she are having a pretty it. good year.
3: <laughs> oh god, dev- Devolver everything! I mean, they
2: always do, but this is. I, I'm every every month. I'm like, oh shit, another really good Devolver game is out. Yeah. Trek oh, to Yomi, the- they published that this year, and that's another game that I think is going to be very overlooked because mm. a few people with a YouTube account it didn't click with, and then everyone just took their their time with the game as as fact.
3: Yeah, that everyone store should. Take- last year was one of the best games of that's last year. That's my favorite year. game
4: of last year for sure. Like um, everyone should take Thumbcramps' opinions instead of whatever YouTuber you, whatever YouTuber of choice you've got. Don't worry about it. Thumbcramps, yeah. we got you. Yep.
3: Also, the um, plucky squire looks amazing.
4: Yeah, that, look, that looks so fantastic. That's another Devolver one, isn't it? Yeah.
3: yeah. Damn. Australian made as well.
4: Yeah, it's Queensland based, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that comes out at the start of next year.
2: Yeah. January the, the 3rd is my son's birthday. Maybe we'll come out then. Devolver games for my kids. Because yeah. I don't have to pay for them. <laughs> Thanks,
4: Power Up PR. (laughs) And uh, thank you again, Levins, for the email. Uh, The games I have been playing, I've been playing a mixed bag of very uninteresting games to talk about. Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, both of the remakes. I'm so excited for the remake of 4 because 4 was the one that... Like, I had the GameCube version of 1, but it didn't really click with me, probably because I was a teenager and an idiot. Uh, But then 4 dropped... And I remember getting that, and it like blew my mind. I couldn't believe video games were allowed to do what they were doing. It's like you can't cut off the main character's head with a chainsaw. What? GameCube, Mario's on this. It was yeah, <laughs> it was the most hectic thing I'd ever seen. Um, sorry, yeah, I bought so- that game
2: twice, and I've never played it. I should, I know, I, I should play it just so I can play it again next year.
4: <laughs> well, the because I have kind of played two and three, like the original versions of two and three, and the remakes are like very different so I'm like in a weird state of between like very excited to see what they do with 4 and a little concerned because I know the game pretty well so I'm worried that it mightn't hit as strong with me because I'll be like well oh, I missed this part from the original game and I can be one of those sacks of shit that's like yeah but the original was actually better so uh, um, but yeah to make up for all the Resident Evil I've been playing I've also been playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic which is a port that came out a while ago now on uh, the Switch cuz I've gone Star Wars crazy again. And also Jackson and I have been playing Star Wars Episode 1 Pod Racer together. The game that he forced me to buy last year. <laughs> What's it's with fun. that guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got it cuz I had it was half price and I had like $9 worth of like coins on the Nintendo Switch store so I think I ended up paying 80 cents for it so it was worth that. Playing a lot of games at the moment, actually, which is, you know, something I shouldn't be too shocking since I host this weekly video game podcast. But I got a lot on the go. It's good stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Play 17 games at once. That's the way it should be done.
4: Yes. And also I know that these have been heavily recommended so often, but the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes are really cheap on the PlayStation Store now, and they're really satisfying as both a puzzle game but also just like a like third person adventure horror game. Like they rule and people keep talking about how much they rule. But I'm here to say, everyone's right. They're sick games. And if you want to send us an email, you can hit us up at thumbcrampspod at gmail.com. Uh, or you can tweet us at thumbcramspod uh, on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Levins and Ruby. And we'll go with Ruby first. Where can we find you? Um, In a hole. Okay, sick. Which hole? Don't look for me.
3: <laughs> okay. You have to figure Ruby. out the hole. <laughs> no, I keep uh, falling I... in
2: holes in the Nintendo Ninja Turtles game. And then Donatello... Keeps yelling, even geniuses fall down holes sometimes. Which that's was true. weird the first time it happened, and now it's like 80 times he said it, and it's just like, okay. It's like
3: true. God, that's a good point. Even geniuses do, do, do fall down holes like, It's not really do.
2: sometimes anymore, Donatello. This is a serious problem.
3: Yeah, you keep doing it. Uh, I don't think you're a, a genius every anymore. Hole. Every hole. um, You can find me uh, at the place that I work on Kotaku Australia, writing all sorts of mysteries.
4: I liked your Ooh. article
2: about um, your favourite Steam Next Fest demos.
3: Thank you. I They're had a lot of fun ones. with them. Uh, my Rus- favourite
2: articles you write are the ones that come with a little illustration that you've done.
3: Oh, I love to as, draw. As a treat. Uh, I I get to draw as a treat, and so I do it as much as I possibly can because I love draw. Shout treats. out
2: your your art account.
3: Oh, my art account, which is like dead, but also oh. not... I, I post a comic every now and then um, when I can think of something funny. Uh, okay. You can find me on Kotaku Australia. You can find me on Twitter at Ruby Innes. You can find me on Instagram at Ruby Innes, and there's a dot somewhere. Figure it out. <laughs> um, and then on Instagram at comics by Ruby where I post a comic whenever I feel like it.
2: And she's going to make a comic about this episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow. I can't wait to see it. And <laughs> Levins, where can we find you? Uh, everywhere at
2: Levens online, um, including um, TikTok. I'm a big TikTok guy
4: now. Yeah, it's you're cool. Huge on TikTok is what I'm hearing. I love being a TikTok guy. Every time, I,
2: every day, I wake up and see my, how many um likes my TikTok's got. Yeah. And that's the serotonin boost that I used to get from video games. Now I don't even need to play them anymore. TikTok.
4: <laughs> so you've become a TikTok guy. I went viral on Letterboxd last week, so I just keep waking up to notifications of people telling me that the Lightyear movie actually rules and I'm an idiot. because
2: Oh, what? People like stuff. that movie?
4: I think it's because I called Andy a stupid kid for liking <laughs> the movie. Um <laughs> a comment I woke up to yesterday was just a comment on that review that just said, uh, how about you stick to Edgelord movies, bro? So, yeah, I'll come. Oh, that. Oh, man, I wish Lightyear
2: had any any type of edge to it. Yeah. I, hate, I hated that. Did you see it, Ruby? You go to
3: no. all the
4: big big premieres now. <laughs> uh, hey, Ruby.
3: I got an email inviting me to the premiere um, and I forgot.
4: Hey, Ruby, you're the cleverest one in this podcast because we <laughs> both saw it and it sucks. Um, Did you pay for yeah. a ticket, do you? Uh,
3: I thought it was so good.
4: <laughs> uh no, I didn't pay for a ticket, Levins. I actually get free movies for life cuz I worked at a cinema for 15 years. Cool. I do too, but I didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. It's good. It's good. We're all we're all winners here. <laughs> And a bonus movie review for everyone. So that's sick. Yeah, Lightyear sucks. Zero
2: thumbs. <laughs>
4: mm. uh, I'd probably go one thumb for Lightyear because there was points where I was like, "Yeah, I guess this is a movie." <laughs> it broke my brain too much
2: thinking about like the rules that the premise sets up, and it just yeah, I, I it really really hurt my brain. This movie. Go go
3: see the Minions' Rise of Gru movie instead.
2: We're all saying that. Everyone yeah. should not wait to. I want I want to see Eminem on the big screen <laughs> with yeah. all the minions. My kids uh brush their teeth with minions toothpaste.
4: Whoa. Uh yeah, I think I will legitimately see Rise of Guru this week, so that's pretty exciting. And anyway, exciting. we'll we'll see you next week, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Goodbye and game hard. Banana. <laughs> Banana <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>